Okay, podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this 16th day of November. I tell you, everybody, we are getting closer to Thanksgiving. Uh, the football season's getting much better. We are in the second half officially, uh, a little bit past the second half of the season. Uh, I'm going to give you my teams that can make the Super Bowl and win it in both the NFC and the AFC. I'll start off in the NFC. I'll talk about that this evening. Uh, there's been a few changes since the last time I came on and talked about my Super Bowl bubble teams and actually win this thing, okay? Uh, a few teams that I've added and, and, and subtracted. We'll get into that. John Gruden suing the NFL, and rightfully so. Uh, I'll talk about that in a little bit and go over some uh, issues with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Looks bad, but I don't think it's the end of the world. Thought it was. I was irritated as much as Tom Brady. I bet some future bets on this Tampa team to go pretty far. But first, as we see this league, uh, teams like the Dallas Cowboys, monster turnaround defensively. Uh, The Green Bay Packers, a a team that was blown off the ball twice by the 49ers in 2019. Uh, The Tennessee Titans, the, the, the San Diego, then San Diego Chargers, just a few years ago, blowing this team off the ball. Both made crucial changes. Coordinators, coordinators in this league are a big deal. I mean, it's um, it's not as much in the college game as it is the professional game. College, uh, a head coach in college football, they they need a guy who can can recruit and can coach. They have some play uh, coaches that are good. X's and O motivators, all that good stuff. And then they have some guys that are just okay X's and O coaches, but they're monster recruiters. Uh, but but it, it is more about solid X's and O's when it comes to the NFL. The head coach, typically, not unless you're Belichick or somebody like that, one of these elite, great, great coaches that can that know every single face just because they started off on one side of the ball don't mean that they're trying to learn the other side and learn the whole game. And, that, and that's what I say. As a head coach, ideally, you are the head coach. You're supposed to know. It's just like managing, for, for those of you that manage uh, or work in any kind of management, I'm supposed to know as a supervisor or manager what every single employee is supposed to do. I should be able to teach their job to them, to others. That's the same thing with a head coach. You really should know every single detail, quarterback, uh, defense, running back, offensive line, guys like Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, that they know that even though they've come more from the defensive background, uh, they still study that stuff, right? But primarily... The coach's job is to really coach and manage the coaches and coaches staff there. Uh, so, so coordinators are a really big deal, and we're starting to see that. Dallas, totally different team defensively. They've only got a few different players than they did last year, and they have made waves. Same thing with with with, uh, with Green Bay. 
I just, you know, they had a shutout this past weekend. So, uh, you know, again, for instance, Green Bay, new defensive teams need to change. I, I even made, you know, Bill Walsh, the, the former great coach of the 49ers, says that it's good for coaches to make a change every 10 years or so. You know, because uh, things get stale, uh, falls on death fields, particularly in, in professional sports. Not so much in the college game because you have new recruits come in and out and everything. And then, of course, you've got your outliers. Coaches that are – now, there's other coaches who are willing to evolve and, and teach and grow. That's different. But for the most part, you know, a guy like Bill Walsh, he'll say, uh, former 49ers great coach every 10 years. My thing is a head coach should probably change his coordinators – Every five years, unless they're like the number one offense or number, unless they are elite on every single level, they should change that scheme every few years. Because, like I said, Joe Barry uh, of Green Bay, Green Bay is now third in points. Uh, Their their defense is third in yards and in points allowed, outstanding, without Jar Alexander. One of the best cornerbacks in all of football. You know, uh, Nozadarius Smith, one of their lead pass rushers. Uh, Whitney Merciless got hurt. Rashawn Gary got hurt the other day. Uh, that was their first-round pick from Michigan, who was having a great season. He goes out of the game. And there's they still shut out. Seattle, you know, uh, Seattle's looking bland. Looks like that they probably need to make a change there with Pete Carroll as well uh, or, or, or move off of Wilson and get that salary cap down. He's got too much power, but it, it just goes to show you that coordinators are make a big difference, you know, and, and on the flip side, Look at teams with all that talent like a Cleveland Browns, okay? Cleveland Browns, they they have uh, probably one of the best defensive players in the game by, by most, if not all, metrics. And he's already caught Miles Garrett. He's already calling out the, the staff there for not making any halftime adjustments, not making any adjustments, period in the game. And like I said a couple of weeks ago, and I want to reiterate that today, uh, the head coach, Kevin Stefanski up there in Cleveland, even the general manager, he's 34 years old, two millennial guys who are passive. You know, Stefanski said he's going to talk to Miles Garrett for calling out the coaching staff. What he needs to do is call out his coaching staff, which he's in charge of, you know, he would win my respect and Miles Garrett in that locker room if he simply just fired this guy, Joe Woods. I know that's hard. These guys have families. I understand all that. But in business, sometimes you got to make tough decisions and, 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 and do what's good for the greater good. And some people don't have the stomach for it, you know. But, but the truth of the matter is this guy's not getting it done. Mike Nolan last year with Dallas Pickles was not getting it done. 
for for Dallas. And now their defensive coordinator, it's a difference in daylight and dark. Yeah, they got a, a good draft pick in Mika Parsons, you know, and I'm going to talk about teams that can make the Super Bowl right now, my bubble. Uh, we'll get into that. Yeah. And they get paid anyways. They're under contract. And here's the thing about salaries. Coordinators are making over a million plus dollars a year. Uh, head coaches, the, the lowest, uh, uh, David Culley's like $6 million a year. It's a big deal. The sport is making a lot of money. You know, that's a Texans head coach. So you've got position coaches making three, four hundred plus thousand dollars a year to defensive line. Uh, to tight end coaches are making that kind of money. So it's a big business, big money, well compensated. But what comes to that, a lot of responsibility, a lot of pressure to perform and and, and, and to, uh, you know, coach and have these teams playing at a high level. Rex Ryan said he was going to go out and call out the Cleveland defense. You know, uh, with all that talent there, he talked about on them get up. And then also he, he mentioned that uh, uh, Baker Mayfield, which I agree, well, I agree with him on everything. Rex Ryan, he was on the show get up, former uh, head coach. Now, he's not. He's not head coach of material himself. But a guy does know defense and he knows football, and he does say the uncomfortable opinion of what other people are, are thinking but don't have the nerve to say it. And number one, they they were blown out 45-7 to seven with a much better team. It, it, it would be the other way around. If Belichick coached their team and, and, and um, Stefanski coached uh, the Patriots, it would have been a 45 nothing the other way. Quite frankly, if Belichick had the Cleveland Browns roster, they'd probably have the best record in the NFL right now. But it is what it is, okay? But uh, so coordinators are a big deal. And head coaches, you got to have the stomach, especially young millennial head coaches, people that are younger than me, to, 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 to make these uncomfortable decisions. And, and, and you got to let people go. You know, you simply have to let people go. Yeah, it was a lot of drama, what Brian says. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of drama there. And and, and for one thing, there here's a stat here for you guys. Check this out. You know, I've been slamming the coordinators, but here's here's something on Baker Mayfield. This is what I got off Get Up, and and uh, Rex Ryan was talking about this. The Browns are 0-14 when outrushed by 50 yards with Baker Mayfield. Average loss by 17 points. So he has to have a running game. Every little thing for him has to fall in place perfectly. And I want to mind you guys that the other shows aren't saying is this general manager and this head coach did not draft this guy. You know, just because he was taken number one overall, that doesn't mean he's the best player in that draft. Josh Allen was the best player in that draft, you know. So, again, 0-14 went outrushed by 50 yards. In other words, you don't have to have, you don't have to have all these metrics to say 
that he can't make the big play. I saw that in that Kansas City game in the first week of the season. I said, okay, I'm done on this guy. I'm I'm totally done on this guy. Uh, he can't make the throws. Uh, he doesn't. He, he's not that quarterback when uh, the defensive line gets the best of his offensive line. He can't shake out of a tackle, turn, square his arms up, and make a throw downfield to to, um, uh, to possibly win a game. He can't do that, okay? Joe Woods is not a good defensive coordinator. He's a horrible defensive coordinator. You've already did one good deed. You got rid of – you should have – again – I think this guy's name is Andrew Barry or whatever, the general manager of Cleveland. You, you got rid of Odell Beckham. You should have traded him. You should have traded him, but he forced his way out. He's done. That's one step, okay? Number two, fire this defensive coordinator. He's not getting it done. Every metric says you have one of the best, if not the best defense on paper. He's not getting it done. You're, you're blown out multiple times. You got beat by – check this out, guys. You got – your defense gave up 40-plus points on a rookie quarterback and a second-year quarterback, remembering Justin Herbert with the with, with the Chargers. So you got to fire him. You've already got rid of Odell Beckham. Now what do you do with Baker Mayfield? Baker – they've already picked up his fifth-year option. This is year four, technically, uh, uh, for Baker Mayfield. Okay. This is year four for Baker Mayfield. Technically, they owe him next year anywhere, I want to say, here we go, yearly cash, his his dead cap will be 18-8 next year's 2022. If you can get a fifth-round pick for him, get rid of him. Move on from this guy. Uh, if you can get somebody basically just to take his salary, give him away. For $18 million. Uh, Colin Cowherd, and I'll give him credit for this, he even brought up Derek Carr. Uh, that's a disaster there. Uh, that is a team uh, that, that that the Raiders have, have uh, they, they've lost their head coach. They, they've lost two first-round picks, former first from 2020, in about three weeks, and they're tumbling down. They have a bad ownership, and they don't have a really – the interim's not that good. Uh, they didn't have that much depth on defense. Uh, Carr's in his, going in his last year. Possibly try to work out something to get Derek Carr there, give them some draft picks, maybe throw in a Baker Mayfield as a consolation prize, somebody, Jimmy Garoppolo, anybody but, but Baker Mayfield. And if none of that stuff works, just go with Kate, uh, Casey Keenum, perhaps. But those are three things that you got to do in Cleveland, okay? You already got one. Uh, Odell Beckham, he's turned, He's a cancer. Done, okay? Fire defense coordinator. That should have been done yesterday. And then move off Baker Mayfield because you've got a great roster. you got a really good GM. You have a good coach as far as strategist, but he's not confrontational. And he may ultimately get himself fired after becoming coach of the year last year, Okay? As you can see, guys, decent quarterback play, decent quarterback play, and decent coordinators, changing coordinators, just scheme can make a big difference. Look at Green Bay 
look at Dallas. Green Bay, one of the softest teams up the middle a couple years ago, ran on 200-something yards by the 49ers, blown off the ball. Now look at them. A shutout against uh, Seattle last week. Uh, They go on the road and beat Arizona without their best wide receiver and the number two wide receiver. Uh, They go on the road the next week without their quarterback and only give up 13 points to Kansas City. You know? Do you think Baker is a starter in this league? No. No, Baker Mayfield is a... Uh, backup quarterback. We're going to find that out. He's a stopgap quarterback. He's a in-between guy. He he is... Uh, look, look at Denver. Look how inconsistent Teddy Bridgewater is. Teddy Bridgewater is probably more consistent than he is. Those are stop... You can't win Super Bowls with these guys. You, can, you have to say, can I win a Super Bowl with this guy? You know, he don't have to be the most all-world guy. You cannot win a Super Bowl with Teddy Bridgewater. You would have to be extremely lucky. I mean, have to have a perfect defense. Probably not win a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Alex Smith, the average, I don't, Kirk Cousins. Uh, it was a good win last week. I thought that they would take advantage of that uh, run defense. Uh, lack thereof it with that L.A. Charger team. But you just, you can't, uh, certain players, you can't, and, and these these teams have to get out of paying these players like Kirk Cousins, like they're on the level of a Patrick Mahomes, who has bounced back this week. He's taken what the defense gives him, you know? So, so play, these coaches have to, uh, and general managers and and, 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 and uh, NFL offices, they've got to be realistic and say, "I'm not paying you what Kirk Cousins or what uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers is making, what uh, Russell Wilson uh, it, Wilson slightly overpaid. Uh, I'm not going to pay you that because you are not that. And all it takes is just a few." And let let the other teams just 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 blow money like that. Spend your money wisely, and go out and and either be aggressive with somebody who wants to get uh, move off of a quarterback that you think can win, like a for example, like a Deshaun Watson, uh, uh, Wilson, uh, Aaron Rodgers, somebody like that, or go back in the draft and do it again. But don't pay these guys that don't deserve that just because they're somewhat stable. Baker Mayfield, he was a product of Lincoln Riley's system in Oklahoma. You know? So that team is just one of the most disappointing bust teams I've ever seen right now. They still got a chance of turning around, but I don't think Stefanski's got it any to make the hard decisions Fire that defensive coordinator and bench Maker Mayfield at least this year and do away with him at the end of the year or at the, when this year's up with. You've already picked up that fifth year option. So that's what's wrong with these guys. Uh, Jared Goff, that, that's a good question right there. Goff has made more bigger throw. 
I would take golf over Mayfield because I've seen him make big throws. Now, that team is stripped down. The Brian guys, is he's asking me a question about Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield. Now, um, he has made bigger throws in big games. Mayfield has not made any throws in any games. He is a game manager, and he's below the game manager. I mean, he he, he is just best offensive line, best running game, best tandem, multiple wide receivers, multiple tight ends. And if they don't get that huge edge rushing, he's they lose by 17 points. It's not even close with Mayfield. You know, he's a two-time walk-on. He's a good story. Uh that does not make him a franchise quarterback in the NFL. And I like what what, uh, what Rex Ryan said. I, I don't agree with Rex Ryan on everything, but he was right about that, you know? On the flip side, Mac Jones was nearly perfect. Mac Jones had three incomplete passes the other day. I want to make sure. He had a 145 passer rating. Hold on, folks. Let me see if I can find this. Um, yeah. Mac Jones, 19 of 23, 142 rating. Four incomplete passes, three touchdowns, zero picks. And, and that's against Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, Denzel Ward, John Johnson, playmaker, playmaker, playmaker. And he cut them up. Just, you know, total just uh, Kane's mutiny in the Cleveland uh, locker room for getting diced up like that by a rookie quarterback, man. You know, unbelievable. But I tell you what, that guy was my rookie of the year offensively. I bet on him in the futures. And Michael Parsons with Dallas, he was my defensive rookie of the year. I like my I like my chances with both of them right now. He's playing with the system. Pickle says Mac Jones. He makes quick decisions. He's not an all-world talent. Uh, he works his rear end off. He's super intense. Uh, he was a, even a little bushlay. He's super competitive. I would call what he did, and he should have got fined a hundred thousand dollars. He did not get fined for uh, pulling that defensive player's leg for the Carolina Panthers a week ago. Uh, I'm sure Bill Belichick got him by himself and said, that's Bush League. Do not do that, okay? You're off to a great start. We got a chance to get to the Super Bowl here. Don't do that. You're making yourself a target, even though the league protects you, okay? But, uh, okay, going right along. Did I tell you so or did I say so? I said I thought that Carolina team, watch out. I got a feeling they're going to beat Arizona. This is what I said on Thursday's program about a major upset here, 10.5-point favorites, and not only 10.5-point underdogs, they went out and, uh, with two touchdowns by uh, Cam Newton, and, 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 and now it looks like Arizona may be reeling and hiding an injury. This is from Friday's program. Nobody's really going to be talking about, but I think the game's going to be close. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, you know, I was looking at the. 
wasn't that close. But. The defense of Carolina, seventh in, in, in points allowed. Now, Carolina uh, got a really good secondary. You know, Stephon Gilmore, he's going to get more snaps there. Uh, you've got guys like former greats who've gotten a little bit of trouble and a little bit past their prime. A.J. Boye used to play with Jacksonville, a cornerback, got a big raise, uh, got a pretty decent-sized contract with Jacksonville, got another contract with Denver. And Deontay Jackson. So, and they went beat up 34-10. to The flip side, Arizona. I think Cliff Kingsbury's downplaying the uh, injury, the ankle injury of uh, Kyler Murray. I think he's downplaying that. Uh, Kyler Murray got injured 17 days ago on a Thursday night and still has not returned. He's got a high ankle sprain, my guess. They're not reporting that. But a high ankle strain, Pickles, is four to six weeks. He's already missed two games. Remember, that Green Bay game was on a Thursday night. So you fast forward 10 days later. They play the 49ers, blow out the 49ers with Colt McCoy, no problem. They start to mount more injuries. And then you wait another seven days, which is 17 days since that injury, then they get blown out by the Carolina Panthers, and now they're still saying he might not play again. Well, that would be 24 days. So that's the big knock on this uh, Arizona team. They're downplaying this injury. This is, looks like a high ankle sprain. You know, if the, it, it would be... 20, it would be three weeks, over three weeks, 24 days, if he don't play Sunday, which is against Seattle. Seattle is not a great team, but they do match up well against uh, Arizona. I would take Seattle if Murray don't play in this game. Seattle is desperate, you know? So that's, you know, that's a lot of that is they got off to a hot start. Injuries. Not a very good coach on adjustments. Cliff Kingsbury, more of a, a schemer and everything. Not a really good flexible coach. Uh, on the fly, like a Belichick, can't change his game plan with his personnel. He's not that. He's still working on that. So they could fall. They they, they could very well fall there. But uh, like I said, I did I did predict that one, guys. Alrighty then. Uh, teams that can make the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. Everybody, a lot of the teams, I would say 85% have had their buy. Tennessee uh, has not had their buy week yet. They've got one here in a couple weeks. Uh, some weeks, some teams already go all the way down to week 14 before their buy week. But everybody has played over nine games, uh, eight, eight, nine games. So we're coming into week 10. So we're really at that midway point in the season. So what I'm about to talk about now is what teams can make it and win it. What? Yeah, I think Buda Baker was hurt, Pickles. What teams can make it? What teams can realistically win it? Okay, let's start off with the uh, – the NFC, again, 
Coordinators matter. You know, uh, coordinators are a big deal in this league. The, the, the Green Bay Packers, again, get a new defensive coordinator. They held Kansas City at Kansas City with a backup quarterback with a turnover uh, in their own red zone to 13 points. They go to Arizona, the hottest team in the league at the time. They beat Arizona. Uh, very good team. Uh, they were missing Zadarius Smith, Jar Alexander. Uh, A.J. Dillon is having a really good sophomore year. Looked a little slow last year. He shedded some weight. Aaron Jones is hurt. MCL sprain going to be out two weeks. But I think this team can go to the Super Bowl and win it in the NFC. Green Bay, without a doubt, really had me surprised. I always admit when I'm wrong. If I got a bad take, I'm going to admit it. Uh, so far, yes, Green Bay, definitely. Okay, Dallas, again. Again with the coordinators, guys. This is a first, Pickles. I don't think I've ever heard or seen this before. Dallas could potentially have the defensive player of the year in Trayvon Diggs, eight interceptions, leads the NFL. You know, he's the brother of Stephon Diggs, the wide receiver for Buffalo Bills. I didn't know that. I uh, read that the other day. Trayvon Diggs could win defensive player of the year. He leads. Hold on, folks. Let me change out my. Okay, Trayvon Diggs. Could win defensive player of the year. Leads the NFL in interceptions, okay? Michael Parsons could win and probably should win defensive rookie of the year. So they got a potential defensive player of the year and defensive rookie of the year. I've never heard that before. Uh, I haven't read it. And then you look at their running game. They are... Anywhere from, from second to top five in run offense. They have probably the best skills players. If you're looking at as a skill unit, maybe maybe uh, Tampa's better when healthy. But you got C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson there. Uh, two, two running backs. And, of course, Dak Prescott having a great season. Dallas can get there. I haven't said this in 20 years, Pickles. This is way better than any of those Rumble teams. This Dallas team can get there and win it. Not just get there, not get beat in the first round. They can get there and win the whole thing in the NFC. Okay? Let me look at All right. NFC, part two. Tampa. Uh... Tampa, I know they had a bad game last week. Brady is 44 years old. He had four interceptions the last two games. He needs all the help he can get. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, his most trusted target across the middle, he's been out. I talked to Greg Allman, the writer for The Athletic, a team reporter. Just sent him a tweet earlier. He said he thinks he's going to be back this season with that back issue. And he also said that Antonio Brown is going to be back. 
Uh, Antonio Brown, that was yesterday, today, put out that he's going to be back on his Instagram sooner than later. He might play Monday against the Giants. You know, uh, that team, somewhere, a former player said this, and it may have been Mark Schley. I can't remember who it was. And he said that teams need a, a combination of youth and, 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 and uh, veterans even after you won a Super Bowl because you don't want too many players who have already been there. They get a little complacent. That seems to be the, the issue with, with Tampa. A lot of penalties the last game. Uh, 10-minute drive for Washington. And Brady was really, really short this week in one of his interviews and really mad and ticked off. That's the most irritated I heard him since when? Since last year when he played the Bears up there and got humiliated. I think they come back and they play some serious football the next few weeks, and then they put together a run starting against the Giants on Monday night. Giants ain't going to be easy. But they're still a Super Bowl team. I think they're going to get it together. I think that loss got their attention. That's the most irritated him and Bruce Arians have been since they've been there. And quite frankly, if it's me, if if I don't get Gronk back and I don't get Antonio Brown back or neither one this week, you might want to put your most healthiest receiver, Mike Evans, in the slot there since he's your most talented player and get him the ball more often than not. He needs eight to ten targets because he's a playmaker. He only got two catches last week. I wouldn't leave him on the outside. And I would put one of those other players, one of those young players, out for a deep threat and mainly use Godwin, who's about 60 to 70%, as a decoy. And the rest will go to my running back. So, I, But I do think they're going to get this correct. I still think they're a legit get back to the Super Bowl and win it team, okay? I think that uh, Todd Bowles will make adjustments on this defense. He's probably going to have to play more zone. He's a big man guy, man coverage guy. Sherman's hurt again. Didn't expect him to do much. He's been hurt already. Uh, Richard Sherman got a cow string. He's going to be out for a while. But I think they're going to adjust with that defense, and I think that Brady will adjust this week, and the team will play much more uh, better football. So they are still in the Super Bowl window, in my opinion. Arizona, just talked about them. Injury bug, yes. But they get Kyler Murray back. If they can get uh, DeAndre Hopkins back, I still say this team still has the talent to win it. Good pass rush. Uh, too many weapons. Talking about them just being an all-world team. If they get back healthy. I still think that they possibly can. I'm not ready just to race an 8-2 and two team off of the map just because they got blown out, and it seems like that their quarterback may have a high ankle sprain, okay? As much as uh, people don't want to hear this, I still think the Rams have a chance if they get lucky. Now, they have a lesser, believe it or not, uh, they are a very top-heavy team. They have issues on the offensive line. They have to have a healthy Andrew Whitworth to win. 
and I don't know how healthy he is there on a bye week. But if they do find a way to stay healthy, keep Donald and Whitworth healthy, Ramsey, uh, and and they're probably going to adjust their playbook and scheme slightly on the fly with Stafford and Sean McVay. Too many drop-back passes. They still have a chance to get to the Super Bowl and win it. They have coverage team. They have a, a line, offensive line. Uh, uh, they have the defensive line, offensive line, but it's top heavy. They's top heavy. They're still in it. That's so the NFC. Okay. Now the AFC, obviously Tennessee, Tennessee, uh, has beat six teams that were in the playoffs last year. Uh, Tennessee, the most, one of the most physical teams in the league. Remember they had a quarterback that has played. Multiple playoff games in the in the past. This team uh, won the division last year. They got to the AFC Championship game the year before that. Their biggest problem was getting um, their biggest problem was getting a, a, a pass rush. Well, now they're sixth. I want to say in the NFL at getting. Uh, uh, six most, uh, sixth and sacks. John, uh, I said this in, in, in the preseason. If Jonathan Simmons is going to have to play out of this world, uh, Harold Landry, guys like that, and they did. The uh, Dino Autry, the pass rush is there. The offensive line's there. The veteran quarterback is there. Uh, the head coach. I talk about Mike Vrabel, who Tennessee's got a slew of injuries as well. He may be a candidate for coach of the year. But there was 6-0 against playoff teams. Uh, they currently have the number one seed. They brought in Jim Schwartz. Wasn't a good big fan of him, former defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. Plays a lot of man coverage, runs stunts. But when it works, those stunts on the defensive line work. You're not bringing extra pressure. You're going to get more turnovers that way. And you see what's happened there. Tennessee's gotten big, big, uh, big turnovers. Uh, Bud Dupree, I don't know if he's hurt or not. But I do know this. Uh, this team is another team that needs a, uh, they definitely need a bye week, okay? But Kevin Byard playing at an all-pro level at safety. Their cornerbacks are playing much better. Kevin Fulton, uh, I think it's a Christian Fulton, uh, second-year player out of LSU. Playing really well. Uh, they've had some injuries, but they've gotten past it. So definitely they can get there and they can win it. Quarterback, coach, defense, check, check, check. Okay? Buffalo Bills. Uh, yeah, I know they lost to Jacksonville last week. What they do after that, they came and put 45 on, uh, on, on the Jets, beat up on them. Remember, Buffalo... Look at this up for yourself if you lies like. They're still top five in defense. They're still top five in offense. Uh, they ran for 139 yards last week. When they run the ball, when they attempt to run the ball, they're practically unbeatable. Uh, even if they use this in McKenzie guy and some of these gadget plays, like I noticed that uh, uh, San Francisco did last night with Debo Samuel, you know, that's another team. Maybe a little bit too too little too late, but we're still some football left. They're getting healthy. 
But Buffalo, 139 yards, and that was not by Josh Allen. That was by their running backs. I don't know if Zach Moss is hurt or not, but I know Singletary, they still got him. They're using this guy in McKenzie there. Uh, bubble screens and stuff, so they're trying to get the ball underneath. We know they can do it over the top. And they do have a decent, good pass rush. Also good corners. Also pretty good linebackers. Uh, so Buffalo can get there and win it. Yes. Okay, I never thought I would say this out of the AFC. But New England, folks. New England. I, I, I said this in the summertime last year. Teams with rookie quarterbacks, there's no way. They're going to go to a Super Bowl and win it. They can't do it. Why? Because it's never been done in the history of the NFL. But I've also reminded you all why I'm not taking Kansas City this year because history's not on Kansas City's side. Since the, uh, and I'm going to make a bigger point here in just a second. Since the merger, or since the salary cap era in 1994 began, no team who has lost a Super Bowl, has ever came back to win a Super Bowl the very next year, except one, the New England Patriots. The Patriots, the Patriots, with Bill Belichick, they define common logic. They do stuff other people in the history had not done. Could the Patriots, with a rookie quarterback that's never been done, could they go to a Super Bowl and win it with the rookie quarterback. With Bill Belichick, yes. But what I've seen against on the road against the Chargers, the Tampa Bay Bucks, they were a long kick away from beating the Bucks in the rainstorm with the rookie quarterback a month into his season. They were one botched play away from beating this top-notch Dallas Cowboy team. They blew out Cleveland. Yes, this team can go win a Super Bowl. Offensive line, defensive line, running game. Quarterback who makes enough plays to win it. Yes, they could win the Super Bowl. Okay? All right. Uh, let's see. Okay, of course, like I said, Kansas City looks the part, but I do not think I do not have Andy Reid. Hold on, guys. Let me change this out real quick here. Actually, I'm doing pretty good. I do not have Andy Reid in the stratosphere of a Bill Belichick. I just don't have him. I don't think that that that, that Kansas City can do it. I don't think that. I mean, obviously, the coach, uh, they're getting healthy on defense. Chris Jones and Frank Clark playing together. Uh, they're taking it back. I just don't think they're going to be able to get back. I think there's too much in front of them right now. Out of the, like I said, I'm really heavy on Tennessee and Buffalo right now out of the AFC uh, to get to the Super Bowl right now. As far as Baltimore, Baltimore's got too many injuries. Lamar Jackson, he is carrying this team on his back. They had, they had uh, players go out for the whole season, folks in the preseason, and then they had guys in, in the start of the regular season, and then one running back after another. Their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, Marcus Peters, best corner, second-best cornerback, he's out. Uh, I don't think that they're uh, – Derek Wolf, their best pass rusher, he's going to be out. 
They've got too many injuries. It's just not going to be that way for the Baltimore Ravens. Pittsburgh, they simply don't have enough uh, offense. The running game is just not there yet. Uh, not enough uh, from the from the quarterback position. Don't think they can get there and win it. Cincinnati, the coaching simply not there. We saw them play really well against the uh, against the Ravens. And then we've seen them fall. They got beat by the lowly Jets. And then they turn around and lose again in another blowout to the Cleveland Browns. Just not there with the coaching. The Saints uh, don't quite got the quarterback play. Got a good offensive line. Got a good defensive line. They're going to be in the Deshaun Watson sweet speech states next year. They might go after Russell Wilson next year. Keep an eye out for the New Orleans Saints, but not this year. Not in 2021, okay? Uh, let's see. Carolina Panthers, the defense, yes. The coaching, maybe. Quarterback play, Cam Newton is a Band-Aid. Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold. It's not quite there yet. Minnesota, everything has to go perfect. Good run of game. Fair defense. Defense, not what I thought it was going to be in the preseason. Still got a shot at the playoffs. Big win last week for Minnesota. Just don't think it's there. Uh, Seattle, too many holes on the defense. Uh, they're like 30, 31st. You can run on Seattle. You can throw on Seattle. Inconsistent offense. I just don't think Seattle, they're coming off of a big hole. Uh, same thing. Well, San Francisco is actually a little bit better situation. Could they get hot and go on a run, the 49ers? Yes. I knew coming in they had the talent. But as of right now, I don't see the 49ers getting there. Now, I said at the beginning of the season, I thought they would. Could they possibly put together a run? All it takes is just a string. I've seen this a thousand times in this league. A string of a few good games and a team, you know, put together one great game plan. Then they, they got the uh, San Francisco's got Jacksonville this week. And then one thing leads to another. And before you know it, this team's five, six, seven in a row. Yes. But I do I think it's going to happen? No. I do not think that they're as good as. This year's Green Bay team. This year's Dallas team. Even Tampa, even though they're sluggish right now. Those teams are in a different elite level right now in the NFC. AFC, it's really Buffalo and Tennessee's to lose. Now, that is as of right now. Okay? You know, Buffalo beats Tennessee if, uh, if, if, if Josh Allen doesn't slip. Okay? And, of course, you can't explain. As far as the Colts are concerned, they're going to need some breaks. They've got a good running game. But I just don't see this Colts team getting there. Uh, again, it's just an uphill battle. I don't think I've got – and the Chargers don't see the coaching right now. You cannot be 28 to 32 run defense and expect to do anything. The Raiders, they're falling apart. Okay. That's pretty much everybody. I mean, Cincinnati, no coaching. It is what it is. Okay. John Gruden was in the news. Hold on, everybody. Let me change this out real quick. So John Gruden was in the news. 
And so he is suing the NFL. I'm going to read this. So I made some notes on Gruden. Was well, a lot of good uh, college jobs, by the way. LSU, USC, TCU, Washington, Virginia Tech. A lot of good college jobs open, Pickles. Uh, okay. Tom Perestrell's statement below from John Gruden's attorney, Adam Hosmer Henner, uh, who filed a complaint on Thursday in the Clark County, Nevada court. Gruden seeking damages on seven claims as well punitive damages and attorney fees. It reads like this. John Gruden has filed a suit against the National Football League and the Commissioner Goodell in the 8th Judicial Court clerk in Clark County, Nevada. The complaint alleges defendants selectively leaked Gruden's private correspondence emails to the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, in order to harm Gruden's reputation to force him out of his job. There is no explanation or justification for Gruden's emails. Uh, they were only made public out of 650,000 emails collected in the NFL's investigation of the Washington football team. While the emails were held for months before being released in the middle of the Raiders season, Adam Hoshner, attorney uh, at McDonald. Canero for John Gruden said, so totally grip this. And so if you're that person that says, you know what? I want to publish this dirt on John Gruden. Whoever that person is in the NFL, whether it's, it's Roger Cadell or some underling, that's wrong. That's bad karma. I think that he, think about it, this guy could probably never coach again. I don't condone what he said in his private emails. But what if that happened to you? What if that happened to Roger Cadell? What if that happened to DeMore Smith, uh, uh, the Players Association president? Any of the coaches in the league, the owners in the league, Jerry Jones, any of these guys, you know, that person who made that, that as somebody was envious, remember Gruden was the highest paid employee at ESPN at one time. Uh, Gruden had an unprecedented contract, a uh, hundred million dollar contract uh, with the Raiders to come back to the Raiders because they were a disaster. Uh, Gruden is one of the youngest coaches to ever win a Super Bowl with John Madden, both named John, how ironic. But that envy there, the envy of John Gruden, what does he have to do? This is why I hope he wins, and I hope he wins big. and hope he gets a chance to coach again. But what does John Gruden, a guy at the time of these emails, who worked at Monday Night Football, have anything to do with the Washington investigation? He had absolutely nothing to do. And the more I read about this and read about this uh, lawsuit that was uh, put forth the NFL and Roger Cadell, nothing of this lawsuit was aimed at the Raiders. Nothing of this lawsuit was aimed specifically at Mark Davis. 
So it looks like the NFL forced Mark Davis over a private email that was not made while he was the coach of the, the Raiders to, to, to fire John Gruden for what he said in a private email. Now, if you tell me that's right, that is wrong. What goes around comes around. And I hope he wins, and I hope he wins big. And I would like to see that they won't even release the Washington email. Yeah, that's a good point. Brian says they won't even release the Washington emails. You know, to me, if it would be better if they would just tell Dan Snyder to sell the team for being an awful owner. I can appreciate that more than firing John Gruden, who has nothing to do with this. I mean, somebody in life, folks, and this is what I've learned, guys, that people are envious. People do stuff out of pure envy. And if you see somebody, you sense that they're envious of your success. Avoid that person. Get away from that person. You're probably not being paranoid. They probably do envy you. And when I started this program, I started cutting off a lot of haters in my life. You know, uh, a lot of my friends and family, uh, so-called friends, so-called family, just for instance, here lately at a Thanksgiving event. Told my mother, did not want a certain person there. Guy was a hater, mocked me in the past. Don't have a really... Don't have nothing against the guy. Just don't want to be around him. I brought on Jay Mills. Talked about that. You can forgive, but you don't have to be around. You don't have to. You, you should never forget. Somebody had it in for John Gruden, and why would they want to say something? You know how they should have handled this. You know how Roger Goodell should have handled this situation. Should have picked up the phone, called John Gruden. Call uh, and, and maybe do a conference call, Mark Davis, and say, listen, you should not say stuff like this. For one thing, on a personal, on a, any kind of company email. This, If this got out, this would make us all look bad. So I'm just telling you, this is out there. We're going to delete this stuff, but this is not good for the brand. Okay? Letting you know that we know this. Then it should have ended there. Forgive and forget. Move on. Don't force a guy out of his job, man. That is a POS thing to do. And I would like to know who did it. Because it's somebody that has envy. And what goes around in this world comes around in this world. That's what I'm saying. Pickles thinks it's maybe Mayock did that. Well, I'm telling you, what's done in dark will always come out to light. And I, that's why, I, you know, I try to do to write people, people that I have wronged, uh, over, uh, you know, misunderstandings, blow up on, make it right. But what it was done was cold-blooded. So whoever done that, uh, was, and I think it will eventually come out. But I hope he gets the rest of that $100 million, plus those attorney fees, plus future unemployment 
The guy's in his 50s. He don't want to quit. People like him don't retire. They move on. Why can't we just forgive him and then move on? Okay? So that is all I have to say about that, everybody. I will be back on Thursday around 9 p.m. Central Time. We'll talk about the games at halftime. Um, I don't even know who's playing this Thursday. But at the halftime of the of the game, we will uh, – I'll, I'll get on there and we'll talk about whatever else is going on. Maybe I'll get a little bit into John Harbaugh. Uh, had a pretty good turnaround. It's a good game there, good win over Penn State, maybe discuss some of these college job openings. So if you guys like the show, share the show. If you want to contribute to the program, uh, it's a lot of hassle for me to do this thing. Work 12 hours a day. Uh, you can go to the Z-E-L-L-E app. And um, thank you. Thank you, Pickles. Uh, it's the word of sports, the word scope, two S's at gmail.com. That's my email address want to contribute to the program, I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, again, I'll be back on around 9 p.m. Central Time, Thursday, around halftime. We'll go over that show. So have a good night, everybody. I will see you then here on Sports Scope. Thank you, podcast. <laughs>